Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And we're here to give you all the saucy deets on everything comics this week. For those of you unaware, this is your weekly comic book co- podcast where Emery and I, and perhaps a guest, run you through the latest news, the new releases coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And discuss a topic about the world of comic books for your amusement. If that sounds like a good time, be sure to hit like and subscribe and stick around for more. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Podbean. I'm sure there's more. (laughs) They're not coming to my head at the moment. Yeah, And obviously, we're on YouTube. Yeah, in most places where you can listen to a podcast, we are there. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at HTBVids, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hit the books. You can uh, comment on our YouTube page. We're usually pretty responsive on there. Uh, you can email us with suggestions, ideas, questions, and many other things at our email address, hitthebooksvids at gmail.com. That's V-I-D-S. And then, of course, we're on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash hitthebooks. If you so choose to support us, we'd be eternally grateful. And big shout out to Heather Reap, producer of the show, big supporter even during the downtime there that we had. So we owe Heather a lot of episodes. Thank you very a much. A lot. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, on to the show. So f- today uh, we're going to probably go a little bit quicker because we got started quite a bit later than we planned on. Yep. My fault. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're quite a bit later than we should be. Um, so let's jump into it. Emery, what have you been reading? Um, hmm. You know, I've been trying to keep myself abreast of the ever-growing train wreck that is the Dawn of X. I don't know why you're still doing this to yourself. Uh, pure masochism. Clearly. <laughs> uh, it, it, I keep reading and I keep hoping that something is going to be revealed that makes all of this all in one spot again, even though the premises we all like were damn near made extinct because we were all in one spot again. Surprise. Surprise. Uh, It's almost like an ethnostate is a really good way to... uh, Make yourself an easy target for a genocidal asshole with, uh, I don't know, nuclear codes? Oh, that sounds familiar. Hmm. It's like we've done this before. It's almost like that was actually an issue that happened before with the X-Men. <sighs> but, you know, nobody saw it coming. <laughs> I would say you live and you learn, but I think everyone's on the like either their third or fourth body at this point. You did this to yourself. I did. Any other comic book media you've been into? Um, what else have I been reading? Um, been trying to get myself current on Spawn recently. How's that going? Getting myself through that, and my God. (laughs) It's like, more power to Todd McFarlane for being consistent for decades now. Yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah. 
but it, it's a lot to follow. I um, uh, there's so much. There's so many. I'm trying to think at what point during the counter he's at right now. The, uh, my problem with Spawn is that it's it's kind of like the Dragon Ball Z problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you can only escalate so far. <laughs> and once you've killed God, it's like, <laughs> where do you go from there? You know, and Todd's been doing this for a long time. I don't, you know, I, I haven't been an avid Spawn reader like you have in the past. So I don't have the full context of everything. But I'm assuming there haven't been too many reboots, if any at all. I'm assuming everything is more or less canon. Everything is canon. So, yeah. No reboots. How the fuck <laughs> is this book still going? <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, how do you keep the thrill alive, you know? Um, well, here's the reason why I have been going back is because I recently just managed to see that uh, they had reached 300 issues. Which so- is... A feat in and of itself. Yeah, definitely. And to anyone who wants to get caught up, spoiler alert, uh, Spawn reaching the end of the counter, not only has it happened before, but uh, the most recent version of him reaching the end of a very different counter uh, does something wholly and completely different than just sending him straight back to hell. Um, we have gotten to the point where the only way to escalate things is to essentially uh, completely de-escalate Spawn's powers. And by that, I mean... Issue 300. It's like a video game. (laughs) Every time there's a sequel, you got to depower the guy so they can earn it all back. Yeah, Destiny 2, I'm looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) Infamous. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, we've gone through that uh, familiar video game trope of we, we now have him seemingly completely depowered and divorced of the symbiote that is his traditional costume and instead we've actually weirdly turned him into basically a diablo one through three style necromancer well that's right up his alley so you know makes sense yeah i mean if you're going to be the, the person who kills God and becomes, like, the newest king of hell, it would only make sense that you have the power to summon legions whenever the fuck you want. <laughs> only this time and this covered issue... Covered in spiky things. Uh, oh, he was covered in spiky things. It's just that there was nothing between his flesh and those spiky things, so he's, like... The, the traditional, like, skull right above his crotch. He, uh, instead, was walking towards these people who he was trying to kill completely naked. Hot. And then found someone's skull and, like, inserted it into himself. <laughs> and then he Ooh. took a barbed wire and then wrapped it around his arms. Because those are, it's like if you, what happens when life gives you razor blades? 
I guess you cover your arm in razor blades. <laughs> well, if you wanted me to join you on this journey, <laughs> you're not doing yourself any favors. <laughs> I will say that uh, it is at this point that we have uh, gone out of our way to do current spawn in a series of vignettes. That being one of them, the other vignettes in this book being uh, other people with uh, vaguely spawn-like costumes and other uh, weird powers that they have. Uh, one, basically a dude in a leather jacket that looks vaguely spawn-esque. Hot. <laughs> uh, the other is... Uh, Gambit spawn? <laughs> maybe. Ooh, saucy. <laughs> Uh, the other is a lady done up in what I, if I'm remembering this correctly, is basically skin tight uh, lady spawn costume. Hot. <laughs> it's okay to call it hot. I'm getting a vibe here. <laughs> Spiky things, putting your dick through a skull. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Skin tight spawn whoa, outfits whoa, 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 on lady whoa. bodies. Uh, hold on. <laughs> Hold on here. I mean, that's what you said. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we need to rewind the tape on that one. Uh, even if we did, we're not going <laughs> to. Uh, so, and there's one other one, but it's blanking on me. Uh, and let's just say things get interesting from there. Um, so bottom line, are you enjoying it? Yes. Mm. It... it uh, the most recent issue that came out, uh, it is very current day superhero storytelling, but it's also very classic Spawn storytelling where a lot of it is done with, uh, let's start the issue with uh, news reports, just uh, panels of uh, people on different television channels just reporting this weird shit that uh, is just happening <laughs> and we're assuming someone's doing something about it yeah and never actually mentioning al simmons until we mention that al simmons outed himself to the entire world Ooh, okay interesting <laughs> <laughs> so recommend you we pick up uh good, i good hopping I, on point i will always recommend spawn but three issue three hundred is as good a spot as any. All right, there you have it. Anything else going on in your comic book world, Emery? Um, not particularly. No. Oh, okay. Well, I have read one of our covers of the week from last week. Mm -hmm. I did not get to both of them, unfortunately. Chastity number four, uh, which was a variant cover of the week last week. Uh, it's four issues in. Mm -hmm. um, two issues in. Uh, but, uh, working your way up. Uh, nah, nah, we'll uh, see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe working your way up. You know, uh, not nothing to knock on Dynamite, but the storytelling isn't really the focus of the Dynamite books. It's uh, <laughs> more of the other <laughs> things most of the time. There are, the, the artwork. There are strong exceptions. Uh, like I re remember a very specific uh, run of Red Sonia that was very good. Um, oh, red, red Sonya comparisons. I mean, <laughs> a good book's a good book. 
But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Chastity number four. We'll see what happens. I should have an answer for you next week. Okay. But did the content match the drapes? Did it? For Spartan. Sporter. 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 Get my Midwestern accent out. <laughs> Spider Man Noir number one. Spider Man Noir. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, definitely pick it up. So, uh, reading the book. I was very impressed with the artwork on the inside, which is always a good thing. Now, there there are some panels that are kind of awkward. Like, you wonder if the artist really thought through the body positions <laughs> very well, because they're just awkward positions. Yeah. But I, I kind of get the vibe they were going for. They're kind of going for that kind of overdramatic, you know, like 40s, 50s TV slash movie <laughs> features. Or like the a, a classic uh, radio serial. <laughs> yeah. So, it's... It's it's unique for sure, and I like '40s Spider-Man more than I ever had a right to. Like, <laughs> it's it's very fun. It's very cool. It's actually pretty grounded. You know, it's it's almost like a Marvel dark book. You know, oh. not, it doesn't get quite that gruesome, but oh. they talk about very mature things. Very oh. mature things are happening, uh, not necessarily on the page, but they talk. <laughs> about it and obviously paint a vivid picture um the art aesthetic is great i you know it's a lot of blacks and grays and you know just a touch of you know that tan beige to give some skin color here and there but a lot of the smoky kind of uh atmosphere a little hazy atmosphere in 1940s new york city um there's just a lot to like and I actually like the spin they did with Peter Parker. I like the spin they did with a few of the other characters. I won't spoil them because it's a number one. You should go out and buy it. Obviously, the cover is great because it did win our prestigious Nay Life Changing Award of Comic Cover of the Week. Because, um, of course, it did. But I highly recommend this book. Um, uh, the writer for Spider Man Noir is Margaret Stoll, and the illustrator for the interior is Juan Ferreira. And they are doing a great job. So I really, really am impressed. I am really surprised by how much I like this book. Uh, it sets up very well for you know a good story running going forward. I really hope it pays off. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just can't recommend it enough. So obviously, once again, congratulations to Dave Raposa for winning the prestigious Nay Life Changing Award of Cover of the Week last week. And big congratulations to uh, Margaret Stoll and illustrator Juan Ferreira for doing such a wonderful job on that first issue. I look forward to many more. But yeah, that's pretty much all I read. Uh, the Chastity books and uh, the Spider-Man Noir from last week. Hmm. I, I do want to dive in a few more books, but unfortunately I've been pretty time crunched yeah. trying to get everything ready for this new uh, series we're trying to do. For those of you, if you missed the last episode, we have a new initiative that we're trying to work on. We're going to go in numerical order as far as uh, what date they were released from all the way back you know, to the 1930s, 40s, and whatnot, all the way up to present day. We are going to do a comic book movie master list, Ooh. which is quite an endeavor. <laughs> and the, the hardest part right now is just getting all the movies in order uh, with the dates. That is quite the compilation. There are Wikipedia pages that have all the comic book movies that have ever existed but they're not in order of date so 
that's the hard part. So right. doing all of that is a lot of work. There have been a lot more than even I thought. Uh, so it's going to take some time. I apologize. But it's coming very soon. And as soon as we know uh, we're ready for the first episode, we'll post it on our social media. And we'll also talk about it on the show probably next week or the week after, if I had to guess, is when we'll announce the first movie to watch and where you can get it. Um, so look forward to that, if you would. Really looking forward to watching... <laughs> There is this uh, movie, Captain America, from 1990. Yeah, it's going to get weird. <laughs> it's going to get real. It's going to get real weird. It's going to get real fucking weird. And yes, we are including animated movies. So yeah. Yes. Because there Thank are some God. great ones. Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> DC, we're looking at you. I mean, they do a good job. They do a really good job when it comes to animated. Okay. So with that, let's get into the news. First up on the news, we are going to talk about Bloodshot. So Bloodshot uh, has had some premieres throughout the world, and uh, people aren't liking it. Uh, Not a big surprise there, but uh, it currently has a 41% on Rotten Tomatoes, and critics are not being very kind to this film. Um I don't think that's a huge surprise, seeing who's starring in it and the kind of uh, lack of reputable production work. And, uh, you know, Valiant is uh, a valuable, I would say, group of properties, but I don't think they're ever used very well (laughs) or marketed very well. You know, the Valiant book lines get maybe one release a month two releases if we're lucky uh it's pretty rare and when something is releasing it's usually corresponding to something like this a movie release um so there's a lot to be desired in the world of valiant there's a lot of very loyal valiant fans and i i was a fan at one point but they they were just so inconsistent and took so long to get anything out that i just fell off a cliff and just never bothered to jump back on um, yeah, they've got lots of characters. Why they started with Bloodshot is weird. You know, honestly. Bloodshot's interesting and obviously a cool-looking character. It's, I think that's probably his biggest advantage is that he's a cool aesthetic character. But other than that, I, I just don't see it. I don't see why you get Vin Diesel. He's kind of you know old and kind of washed up. You know, not not to be cruel to Vin Diesel, but you should probably get somebody who's a little younger. You know. Someone maybe who cheaper. Isn't, <laughs> someone who isn't already tied to several different franchises right now. Yeah, you know. I mean, just, he's. I, I mean, he's got Guardians of the Galaxy and I mean, yeah. everything Marvel related that would that that would entail. Not that he's he, doing a whole lot for that role, but you know. Yeah. No. Uh, he had Triple X, which I think is. I don't think they're doing a fourth one. Yeah. And yet. <laughs> I can't speak to the movie because obviously I haven't seen it yet, but um, just the trailers alone, it looks just like a big, fat, dumb CG fest. And it, it looks basic. With, you know, Vin Diesel looking as undramatic as possible. Just it, He it, does his... He, he seems to showcase eyes. one face. He does. And it's it not like, a face that... Uh, inspires you to go see his movies no uh, no i mean you know. that shit worked for riddick another fucking franchise which you know <laughs> his eyes were covered most of the time <laughs> so you know that kind of helped 
That shit worked for Fast and the he Furious. He was also much younger. Yes. <laughs> much more fit. Much more. Uh, like yeah. the, the, Much are, more enthusiastic. <laughs> these are the types of efforts that would really be much more w- well served with a younger actor. Yeah. And I'm actually kind of surprised how much CD was in the trailer because it has a pretty small budget. It's like reportedly like 45 million plus, you know, I would assume marketing. But yeah. I, I was, you know, it's a good idea to start a Valiant Universe film franchise, but maybe you should build up your comic base again before you do. Yeah. And, you know, maybe do a little bit more research instead of rushing headlong into it. With I, you know, I think there are less than admirable budgets. There, there are several characters that they should have attempted first, not the least of which just because of the comparisons that could be made are either Ninja K or even Exo Man of War. Yeah. So it's, you know, I mean, they got, they have good script writers on the job, at least, you know, as far as their reputations are concerned. But the director is, you know, kind of a first time director. You know, he was a VFX supervisor previously. That's kind of what he's known for. <laughs> uh, so I don't understand where this translates unless they were just looking for the cheapest, you know, possible person that's somewhat competent. They could, you know, not to say that he did a bad job. I obviously haven't seen the film, but, you know, it doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. Yeah, no. Um, so not a big surprise there. But, you know, best of luck. Maybe maybe the critics are completely wrong. Maybe it's a great movie. Yeah, that would be great for Valiant, but I don't think so. And I just I don't understand why you build your franchise around a guy that's what, like 50 years old now. Yeah, maybe, maybe older. It just just seems like a bad combination. Right. I think this was, unfortunately, I think this is probably going to go the same way as the dark universe, cinematic universe. No thanks. Yeah. Oh, well. We'll see what happens, but... uh, We'll see, I guess. I'm not really inspired by this fact. And next up on the news... Disneyland has officially set an opening date for its Avengers Campus, which will be a Marvel attraction and California uh, adventure, and will be officially open on July 18th. Emery, do you care? No. (laughs) It's like, one, Disneyland already costs enough as is. It's true. And the the Star Wars addition to Disneyland is already kind of failed. Uh I and also the timing that they decide to come up with for like putting that out there literally could not have been worse. Yeah, it's rough cuz you know, <laughs> coronavirus and everything. Spoiler alert for the uh future news segments but uh it, yeah it's probably not the best time to be announcing a place where everybody comes together in contact with many 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 people oh yeah absolutely not yeah. it's probably the worst thing you could ever probably come up with that being said if it were me i would probably uh, it it would it would be something that i would think would be in the best interest of 
Marvel in general, yeah. is to have something like this in Avengers Campus completely separate from Disneyland. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, I don't know like, how you open an entire theme park based around. I mean, there's plenty of materials, obviously, but it yeah. might be a struggle. Yeah, I, I would personally like. I have ideas for how you would run a theme park completely centered around the Marvel universe. Yeah, and it's like there's basically you could come up with a ride for each and every single hero. There's, oh yeah, uh, for sure. Uh. But going along with that and all the merch that that would entail, I think it would be far more beneficial for Disney and Marvel at large to, instead of trying to add and further expand this one single piece of real estate, to plant something in a different location so that people have more locations to try to go for vacation or what have you. Yeah, sure. We'll see. Uh, you know, I wish them the best of luck with it, but, you know, Disneyland, Disney World's never been my thing. Yeah. Never really had a great desire to go to either of those theme parks or anything like them. Yeah. Like for There's th better theme park rides in other places that are much cheaper. And Yeah. The, like, for the people who want to spend that kind of money going on a theme ride <laughs> sure why not go ahead and spend your money i think it would yeah. be even better business to open up a separate location and have people pay for tickets over here and then pay for tickets over there yeah so that way people are the people are populating these places instead of paying for like one ticket to go to the whole thing is like you could be doubling up your money yeah i have a a buddy from the army that's been talking on Facebook about how he's gonna go the first day. He's mm -hmm. gonna fly out there so he can do it. And I'm like, man, you're gonna be if you're lucky, you're gonna have one ride <laughs> <laughs> that you can actually enjoy. Uh, you know, it's just like every time they open a new section, there's always like four or five rides coming, but the, there's only one that's actually available, and the line's always super fucking long because it's brand new. Yeah, you know, maybe wait. Uh, and you know coronavirus and all that. Maybe maybe wait like half a year or so. <laughs> Give them some time to refine things. Yeah, don't be a hero and be the first one to test this shit out. Yeah, like nobody the, wants like, to be a test test monkey for a, a roller coaster. Or yeah, anything. let yes. let someone else make that decision for you. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into our plague segment. <laughs> we got a few oh, news I items. My plague doctor mask. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, the masks are all sold out, so... You know, ah, shit! We're pretty much <laughs> fucked. Ah. Uh, um, but there... If I don't show up tomorrow, it's been nice knowing you. Uh, Has it? Re uh, oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> 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 Rest in peace, hit the books, we hardly knew ye. <laughs> uh, you know, sorry. We tried. Um, but there's obviously been a lot of controversy, you know, surrounding the kind of panic for the coronavirus and anticipating it's spread throughout uh, the West as it's spreading through uh, the East, the Far East currently. Uh, last week's episode, we talked about how the Emerald City Comic Con had to be addressed and actually canceled pretty much everything. Um, this week, 
probably the the biggest game show of the year, which is kind of a bummer for me because I I'm one of the few people that admittedly likes watching E3. It's you know it's like it's like a gaming event like the Super Bowl or the World <laughs> Series for me. You know, it's just a it weekend like, where you, uh, you can focus exclusively on new video game announcements and exciting things and you know, make great memories and even if the games don't necessarily pan out like they're advertised, it's always a fun event. Yeah, this, and it kind of bums me out. Yeah, E3, I've always seen it as like to further compare it to like the Super Bowl. It's like I always would compare it to like the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. But if you extended that uh, maybe half hour halftime show to like three days. Yeah. And this is probably the worst year for this to happen. So Ooh. Uh, yeah. what we're obviously leading to is E3 has been canceled due to the coronavirus. There was a lot of rumors it was going to happen. Obviously, big names like Sony decided not to be there this year, which is, you know, kind of what they did last year, more or less. Um, yeah they've been so, holding their own thing and you know that's fine but it, it just really bums me out especially on a new console season when we know new consoles are coming at the end of this year yeah like this is the one year <laughs> where i really want an e3 and i'm not getting it and it just really sucks and you know obviously there were vendors several vendors that had to pull out of e3 and weren't going anyway but i think eventually the pressure just got to the, the organizers um the Entertainment Software Association just had no choice but to actually cancel this outright. So, kind of a bummer. Um, really disappointing. Hopefully, you know, the, the these developers that were planning these big shows, you know, are recouping some of what they spent on, you know, boosts and all this stuff. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, we can still get some good footage and, you know trailers and announcements and whatnot you know via private streams but man does it suck it it blows oh yeah and i wonder what like all those video game you know review sites that rely heavily on income for around e3 season you know yeah what are they gonna do you know i I bet they spent all the money to get (laughs) out there and have all the infrastructure set up and yeah that uh it's a nightmare situation is dependent and reliant reliant as it can be for anyone to be a part of access media like this uh i can't think of a worse case scenario other than the entire thing being completely canceled yeah so really really disappointing i don't know how you feel about e3 but i honestly looked forward to it every single year and i'm really bummed out that it's not going to happen i think as someone who's been partial to playstation products for a very long time i've been uh far more interested in playstation's like exclusive show oh yeah than e3 by itself i'd still pay attention to e3 because there's usually something cool being revealed But uh, I think with, like, the last couple of years, E3, I've been uh, progressively falling off of it. Yeah, I think, I think you know, just going back a few years, their biggest mistake was when they started just letting regular people in. Yeah. I think that was, like, the tipping point because when they – it was just, like – coverage sites and you know it was easy to get a pass if you had some kind of website or something that you could verify yeah you could probably get a pass it wasn't like it was impossible to get in unless you were part of some big company right Um, but it was kind of nice because 
obviously there's less traffic prohibiting the actual you know media sites from getting into these booths and seeing the trailers it was kind of closed behind door stuff so it was a little bit more mystery to it people weren't literally playing the game like joe schmo on twitter yeah it it was a it was a different time like not even a few years ago when it was that was the kind of event that you could say would be wholly and completely distinct from just a convention yeah i mean <laughs> when, that when, i think is what it's turned into over time exactly yeah and i just don't think e3 should be a convention it, it, yeah it, no that that should, should be a media thing specifically for generating hype through the yeah. media and then it just became like a how do we pander to the people on the floor as much as possible how do we get hashtags yeah. going with all the people on the floor so uh, we can get some free press and that sort of thing it's, it, it, it got kind of gross and it kind of bums me out and i think if if e3 doesn't adjust and decide to say hey you know sorry to all the vendors and all the people that trusted us and worked with us and all our sponsors and everything we won't have all the regular Joe Schmoes out here messing up the f- the floor and messing up the booths and causing problems and you know right. We'll just have a very you know streamlined situation with an infrastructure that can actually support it. You know, yeah. So that that's what I hope for. But yes, yeah, it was definitely probably not the best idea. Uh, I get they were trying probably trying to make some money selling tickets, but I just don't think it worked out. Next, no, unfortunately. Ne- yeah. So next up on the news, uh, again, plague news. Oh, this no. one in Prague. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier's uh, shoots have been shut down due to the coronavirus. So there may be some delays coming soon for the, the upcoming Disney Plus series. Um, basically, one of the staff members uh, was confirmed ill with the... the um, illness the COVID-19 um and they just took safety precautions and shut everything down probably be shut down for two weeks if not more um obviously it's going to be expensive but you know Disney can afford it um but yeah definitely a bummer um for those looking forward to the show I'm not really wild about Winter Soldier and Falcon but I know a lot of people are so definitely disappointing for those folks yeah i i was only curious to watch that show if for no other reason than anthony mackie's very entertaining to watch but also i really want to see if they actually put the fucking ski mask on zemo (laughs) of all the things to focus on (laughs) look ski mask look i'm just saying he has a very particular look (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and they've been they promised that and I that that is what hey if you want me to pay for Disney Plus you got to put that fucking sock on uh, Daniel Brühl's head okay you, you do it you and your socks i'm just saying jeez crusty <sighs> next you, up on the crusty? news why <laughs> we're it's plague news <laughs> <laughs> you got to stay on theme memory jeez <sighs> all right next up on the news Gross. uh <laughs> another comic book show riverdale has halted production due to the crew members being exposed to coronavirus and possibly being infected. Oof. So, uh, in this case, somebody was exposed on the staff, and now, because coronavirus does not exhibit 
symptoms for several days up to a week uh, before it sets in and you're contagious that entire time. They're taking precautions and shutting everything down, which, again, is probably expensive and it kind of bums you out for the fans of the show. I know a lot of people have actually really liked Riverdale, so that's kind of cool that this (laughs) Archie-based show... I keep forgetting that that's came, what it's based on. It came out of nowhere based on the little digest comic reader <laughs> books, you know, comics, and is actually pretty good according to most people. So that's, huh? I haven't watched it, but I'm kind of intrigued every time I see clips of it. I'm like, damn, that actually looks pretty entertaining. I might have to watch this. Yeah. But yeah. it, it feels like the show that I would catch on to like way after it's had its day, kind of like iZombie. <laughs> just pound through it. Yeah, <laughs> just go through the whole thing. That might be the approach, but you know, people eh. like it. It might be worth supporting. Yeah. So uh, heart goes out to those folks. Hopefully everybody stays healthy and nobody is further uh, disenfranchised by this illness. Um, but just thought it was worth noting. Next up on the news, Dark Horse has a new deal going on for you on Comixology. Oh. Uh, if you happen to use the Comixology streaming service, which is now owned by Amazon, uh, for those of you unaware, uh, their graphic novels are now half price all of this week. So if you have been holding out for a very specific uh, Dark Horse comic or really wanted to read a very specific uh, Dark Horse comic series, now is the time to do it. This offer is good until March 16th, so obviously it's going on right now, Um, but definitely go out and check it out. Uh, I know Comixology Unlimited I had for a while was a pretty good deal, Now I just kind of rely on the regular Comixology to kind of spot all the books I don't buy physically, Um, but that's there for you if you so choose to take advantage of it, so steals and deals. Lobster Johnston, here I come. (laughs) Did I say Johnston? Oh my God. Yeah, you... (laughs) It's all right. We're yeah. all struggling. It's yep. a little late, a little later than we wanted, but you know, we'll make it. Yeah, we'll make it. We, I, we're, we're professionals. Gonna, we're gonna make it. People we, depend on us. We promise. All four of them. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, now. Let's be real. All five. <laughs> you know, we've gotten in the double digits a few times. You know, <laughs> they're out there. Uh, next up on the news, uh, one of the golden age legends. Uh, artist Alan Bellman has passed away uh, at the ripe old age of 40, uh, not 45. Boy, that'd be quite some time travel. (laughs) (laughs) At the age of 95 is the age he died at. Almost got to that century mark. Um, He began working with Marvel when it was still Timely Comics. Um, Probably most famous for working on the original Captain America series and um, is seemingly very beloved in the industry by his counterparts and fellow artists um, from the era. Uh, It seems like every few months, one of these classic, you know, you know, titans of the industry kind of pass away. Um, And it's, you know, it's definitely sad. It's just, you know, the natural evolution of things. We lost Stanley not that long ago. Yeah. Uh, What, a year ago now? Um, And Bellman had a, he he had about as good a run as anyone can ask for, all things considered. Yeah. So, um, 
he's obviously kind of a staple for a lot of the environmental art, uh, specifically for the early Marvel books. Yeah. Um, worked on, you know, uh, Ca- Captain America, the Patriot, uh, Human Torch, uh, let's see here, Submariner, uh, Young Allies, stuff like that. You know, notable stuff that people still read and look for today on store shelves. So, you know. Very tragic, very sad, but uh sounds like he had a pretty good life, good, long, uh, accomplished life, and uh, our condolences and uh, well wishes are sent to his family and uh, the people he left behind. So, uh, rest in peace, Alan Bellman. You will be missed. Thank you for your contribution to comic books. Next up, it's a kind of a two-part story. Um it will be the last story of the news, though. So, Batman, Three Jokers, which has been kind of this big event book uh, that has been planned for a long time and seemingly talked about for probably two years or so. I know there's rumors about it, you know, all the way back as far as 2017, 2016. Um, but it has finally been given a release date by Jeff Johns and Jason Fabok. The series will be premiering on June 17th. Now, normally that wouldn't be a huge news item. We might not even mention it if there was a lot of news this week. Um, The thing that makes this interesting for us specifically is that Jason Fabok was in an interview quite recently with uh, Entertainment Weekly. I want to make sure I got that right. And... He said that the series took so long to produce because they wanted it to be done before it was released. They were trying to not have the drastic delays of its predecessor, Doomsday Clock, which is the big event that came prior. Now, Emery, is it just me, or have we not been talking about this for three-plus years on the podcast? How we want every big event and comic creator to create a storyline and finish the storyline prior to releasing the book to avoid delays because delays kill books. Is it's this... not just you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. So, among our double digit viewership, <laughs> clearly, you heard it here first. <laughs> somebody at DC Entertainment uh, has been listening. Um, Maybe. I sure hope so. <laughs> but somebody's been paying attention because it sounds like, assuming they're not bullshitting us, and I swear to God, if there's even one delay, I am calling bullshit on all of you. And I fully expect there to be some bullshit being called. Um, uh, okay, in your defense, viewers, uh, I will say that we have plenty of reason and room for cynicism I mean, when we, it comes to we, uh, people making claims like this. It was so bad at one point that I think towards kind of second season of the show, you know, episode like 20-ish and beyond, Yeah, we started having to have Delay Corner, which was <laughs> a basically weekly was, segment where we so talked constant. about the newest delays <laughs> and upcoming delays. And it wasn't just DC. It was Marvel's DC, Dark Horse, you name it. There was delays, you know. 
And I don't know which is worse, releasing basically no books <laughs> or saying you're going to release a bunch of books and releasing like a quarter of them uh, <laughs> on time. And uh, I really just don't know what's better or worse. You know, I guess the the former is probably a little worse just because people forget you exist completely. But uh, I'm going to put out an analogy for you. This is what Delay Corner was like. Imagine being told at a restaurant that it is going to be, you know, it's going to be like five, ten minutes for your uh, premium New York strip steak to come out the uh, medium to medium rare that you were wanting. And... 10 minutes pass, and it's like, okay, maybe it'll be coming up soon. 15 minutes pass. Um, okay, are, are, are they doing it? 20 minutes pass. <sighs> I guess I'll go through all of the bread that they put out here. <laughs> 25 minutes pass, 30 this minutes pass. This is a very pass. specific analogy. <laughs> are you hungry, Emery? <laughs> you, you, this isn't about me. <laughs> <laughs> When you order something and they give you an, an expected release date, at what point do we say, you know what, I'm just going to get up and leave because not only was the thing that I promised not here, but I'm starting to think that they completely forgot about the thing that I had already paid for at this point. It was like, how do I get my money back? It, that's... If you're going to make the claim, and I'm saying this now, if you are going to make the claim that you have all of it done specifically so that you can avoid delays, the second it's delayed, I like I'm dipping out. <laughs> the very second it's delayed, unless they have a really fucking good excuse. Yeah. Like this is a fucking bold claim to make. I mean, there's there's several problems with constant delays in your franchises and your books, uh, especially books that aren't like legacy titles that are constantly going. Like Batman, you can probably do a delay or two and get away with it without a problem because people are always looking for Batman. They know it's constantly going. It's not like Batman just ends one day. Right. Batman's always got a story. But those books that are probably needing the consistent support from fans more like these big event books or these kind of one-off books or limited run books that are 12 24 36 inch shoes whatever the case is maybe run for a year or two these are the books that really need support and how are fans supposed to support these endeavors and these you know writers and illustrators and cover artists if the fucking book isn't coming out for three months, you know, because it keeps getting delayed two, three, four weeks at a time. And every time that happens, the following books gets <laughs> delayed that amount. So it's kind of like a rubber band effect. And sometimes, you know, creators will try to do several at once and then they'll be super rushed and you'll, there'll be a noticeable decline in quality from one book to another. The storyline becomes very convoluted. The, the narration becomes very convoluted. The the interactions between characters seem very rushed and weirdly drawn out sometimes. Like Mr. Miracle, I think, is one where we both felt very strongly towards the end there that it was it was stretched way too thin. 
and notoriously the creators had children and uh were not in a position to be consistently pounding out brand new storylines and plot points and incredible art like they were um that was a book that i think would have done much better had the entire thing been planned up front. Yeah, I, I dropped off the book. I was very high on the book for about six issues, seven issues. And then they started having some delays. And, you know, obviously it was because of the child. And he, I get it. Family things happen. But if this book had been prepared ahead of time, you wouldn't have had to worry about it at all. You could have just said, hey, I have a nice, clear, coherent story. Everything's illustrated. I know it's a lot of time investment and, you know, yeah, it, it, you know these companies want to make money as soon as possible. So if they can do it, you know, month to month or every two weeks or whatever the case is, you know, they're going to try to do that most of the time. But I think it's just a bad process, and it, all it ends up doing is hurting creators and hurting the franchises that they're working on. Um, I mean, if you're trying to build a brand new franchise, you know, what chance do you have if you're having a month delay every other issue? you know, or two months delay or something more significant like the doomsday clock stuff that was having several month delays in every issue. Now they were thick issues. It wasn't like it was a 20 page book, but still that's, that's significant. And it's hard to hold any reader base when you have that many delays. So assuming Jason Fabok is being honest about this, I'm all aboard. I applaud this i hope it's true and i applaud every effort to make a clear coherent finished story ahead of time and then break it into parts and release it like i will buy this book in in my local comic book shop just to support that as a practice Uh, that would be wonderful yeah if they're telling the truth if they're telling i have a lot of doubts (laughs) and i'm very jaded about this but if they're telling the truth i will absolutely support them uh, in all of this endeavor, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I will say this. I swear to God, if I if I'm told that I'm getting my uh, medium rare T bone steak in 15 minutes, and I'm made to wait 30 minutes for something that's well done, you can be damn sure you're gonna hear from me about it. Yeah, we're gonna bitch, <laughs> <laughs> and all 15 of us will rise up. <laughs> And storm Twitter because <laughs> that's how things get done anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the news. Oh, man. It has been so long. It, it's been so long that, you know, and considering the current state of affairs in the world, I'm almost afraid to ask. What books are we hitting up this week, assuming we don't get sick? <laughs> yeah, let's not. Uh, <laughs> this week, uh, I'm, I've been trying different things for our uh, new releases. You know, we tried doing it, recording it separately, but the problem with that is I never did it. <laughs> uh, because it was, it was such a pain in the ass to set everything all up again and then that, record my screen while I'm going through to make sure everything's timed properly. Just wasn't working. Last week, I tried a different approach where I put it on our green screen. Um, my fear, though, is that it was probably too small for people to actually see the covers. <laughs> uh, so, un- and unfortunately, if you know, I'm recording the screen right now as I talk, so at least everything's timed together. But 
my problem is, you know, it doesn't get that much bigger and the, the aspect ratio it's at is really hard to fit into that green screen or something. So I'm going to probably cover up a, a, a lot of the screen so yeah. that everybody watching the YouTube show can see the covers along with us and see what we're actually commenting about. Uh, obviously, if you're an audio listener, listener, you can still benefit by hearing what covers and comics are coming uh, to your local comic book shops and digital devices this week. Um, but obviously, you get a little bit more out of it if you're on the YouTube channel. Again, this just saves me from doing all the work I was doing early in the show and the first two seasons. Like a stupid amount of extra I mean, work. It, it literally took me like two extra hours of editing to put every single cover individually on the screen now the only covers that i will put individually on the screen are the the cover of the week and the variant cover of the week everything else is just going to be on this live scroll that you guys can follow along with uh and enjoy hopefully that's satisfactory to everybody if anybody out there has a better suggestion for this segment by all means reach out to us let us know what you think we'll be happy to listen to you and give you credit uh where credit is due so, without further ado, let's jump into our new comics uh, coming to your local comic book shops and digital devices this week. We always get this from freshcomics.us, which is a great resource. There's a few other good resources out there that you can check out. Uh, I know GameSpot has a very good comic book wiki that's very useful for getting uh, comic book artists and illustrators and writers pictures. Because the most annoying thing in the world is when you're trying to find a picture of a comic book artist <laughs> and the only thing you can find on their Twitter and on their Facebook is their art, which I understand. You're an artist. You want to show off what you do best. As opposed to showing off your face. But man, it hurts your marketing because <laughs> it's impossible to find, especially if you got a really common name. Like, it's impossible to find some of these fucking people. And it takes me, like, an extra 30 minutes of editing if they don't have a picture ready on one of those wikis. Yeah. So, uh, just a pro tip out there to all of you, uh, you know, early, you know, adoption artists and illustrators and colorists and writers. Put a picture of yourself somewhere. Have a LinkedIn profile or something. I don't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the best picture in the world. I mean, even some people use like a self-drawn picture. If it's a self-drawing, fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's better than we'll, nothing. We'll go with that. Uh, if if people like Daniel Steele and fucking Stephen King can be bothered to put a picture, mm. if they can be bothered. To put a picture of themselves at the end of any of their books, any and all of their books usually, you artists and you writers can afford to put your picture somewhere, anywhere, literally anywhere. (laughs) For sure. So artists, writers, illustrators, colorists, letterers, I don't care who you are. If you are a creator of any sort trying to get your name out there, Put a picture of yourself somewhere. Yes. Somewhere that people can find it easily. Yeah. Because it, it I want to give credit where credit is due, and it's very hard to do that when I can't find you anywhere. Yeah, let's put some faces to these names here. Okay, enough uh, chitter-chatter. First up, from Marvel Comics, we have Ant-Man, number three. We have Avengers, number 32. We have Avengers of the Wastelands, number three. No, What? <laughs> <laughs> we have Cable, number one. Baby uh, Cable. Baby Cable. Baby ba- Cable. 
It, like, if it were up to me, it would say baby cable and not cable number one. God. <laughs> New cable on the block. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, next up, we have Ghost Riders number six. Hot. I think I'm going to stick with this if this works out in editing, because it's kind of nice being able to show all the variant covers yeah. along with the main covers. You can but, see what we had to pick from. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Um, next up, we have Gwen Stacy, number two. Why? I don't know the context of this. I wonder if it's kind of like uh, Archie comics type of thing. It kind of looks like that from the cover art. Yeah, maybe. Next up, we have Hawkeye, Free Fall, number four. Huh. We have Jessica Jones, Blind Spot, number five. What? Is Jessica Jones Miss Marvel now? What, uh, what's she, going she's on? definitely dressing like it. Uh, next up, we have Marvel Tales, Silver Surfer, number one. Silver Surfer. So Reminds you're the, you're the Marvel expert. Sa- why don't you know these things? What is going on? What, why you're supposed to be my insider. <laughs> I am the DC shill. You are the Marvel shill. What is going on here? Uh, okay. If I were to tell you that Marvel, in at least a couple of ways, has gone so far off the rails that it's hard <laughs> to keep track of literally anything that they're doing anymore, that would be great. But uh, the, the the biggest somebody's salty. The, the the biggest reason why I haven't kept track of all of this is because, well, what do we say? about covers when it comes to the importance of a cover when you're trying to sell a comic first impression is everything it matters <laughs> yeah it definitely matters yeah like when it comes to a large number of these books like a lot of them seem interesting but there's got to be something more to it there's a a je ne sais quoi if you will uh there's an it factor that if a book pops that much, they're going to get readers no matter what. I mean, Other... Chastity, number four variant, obvious example. Uh, There's yes. no way in hell I would have read that book otherwise, <laughs> you know, normally. But, you know, because but, that cover was that, so that, fantastic, that I am trying to pops. catch up so I can read it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's like that is the power of a very good cover. Absolutely. Mind you, we have covers and variant covers of the week because, well, sometimes there are so many that are so good that we have to highlight just one of them. And sometimes there are so many that are so eh to maybe bad that we have to, I don't know, make the best with what we got. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to disparage anybody, but usually when we give out our weekly awards, we want to be giving it to somebody that's obviously very, very deserving, like something that leaves a great impression. Yeah. And Every once in a while, there's weeks where it's not the case. Every it, once in a while. It kind of steals a little bit of your soul <laughs> when you have to give the award to a cover you don't really believe that much in. You know, there's not, there hasn't been a lot of them, but it, right. there, every there, once in a while it, it happens. There are some times when it happens. But uh, I will say that another factor that should be taken into account is the, oh, am I going to say it? The flooding of the shelves. (laughs) Flooding of the shelves with titles that either had no press going into it that are just there and like, hey, that maybe that title catch people. Maybe the art will catch 
someone, even though it's starring something that no one's ever heard. Yeah. Uh, it's like, it, it, there is something to be said about having good press around new titles. Yeah, for sure. So next up, we have Marvel's Snapshots, Submariner number one. I don't know why, but this cover just like creeps me out. <laughs> Submariner in general creeps me out, but like the classic Submariner where he's got his super high arched eyebrows and his weird <laughs> hammer head and his pointy ears and his scaled underwear and you know, footy wings and just the whole design is just weird and it kind of <sighs> skews me out for some reason. It's it's totally irrational. I don't it, know it, what it is. Is it the speedo? Uh, other uh, other heroes wear speedos. I don't. <laughs> I just don't know why this one bothers me. <laughs> just uh, this, and especially when it's rendered like super realistically styled. It's just something the, the, the Vulcan the, face head thing and the just everything about it is just weird. It's, it's so angular. It's it's very <laughs> angular. It's so hostile. I just, it's so aggressive. It, it, it's so aggressive in its. Uh, <laughs> flagrant manliness i guess uh, <laughs> like here ladies and maybe some of you gentlemen too i mean by all get, means come and know. get the square head and sharp ears and we're not know, king shaming wings. here you know if that's your thing that's your thing it's like it, i know some of you out there like to get wet oh <laughs> sploosh <laughs> uh next up before we get too deep in the waters here we have nebula number two Oh, now this cover next to it, it did not spoiler alert win our cover of the week, but there's something cool about it. I don't, maybe I should, I'm going to look at this freaking artist because it looks a lot like the classic cowboy bebop art. It, it definitely gives me either that or kind of like old school anime ghost in the shell. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I could yeah. see that too. Yeah. So it's ha- definitely a cyberpunk feel to it. Javier Rodriguez did that cover. Great cover. Definitely a candidate, but did not win this week. Um, but yeah, I just want to give that a shout out. Just thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. Next up, we have New Mutants, number nine. We Whose have movie will it come out eventually. You know, it's it's a thing. Someday. I don't know why it's a thing, but you know. <laughs> we keep trying to push it. Yeah, Fox <laughs> like, couldn't get it out, and Disney can't either, apparently. We spent the money, and now we're trying to make it back. Good luck. <laughs> I wish you the best. I hope it's great. Probably not, but I hope it's great. Uh, we'll see. The trailers were exciting. The horror-themed trailers, I was all about that, but then suddenly... It, had a bunch of reshoots and people started saying it wasn't what we thought it was and uh it was marketed poorly and we're like oh that's not good <laughs> yeah i we're we're gonna see uh, i'm all on board for magic getting some screen time it's you know yeah cool yeah <laughs> good luck the, the wish other, you the best the other characters maybe we'll see next up we have punisher soviet number five what the what Going the what? Shoot Mother Russia. <laughs> uh, you, are, you will be punished, Silverish. <laughs> on our Spider-Man multiverse theme, uh, we have Spider-Ham number four. We have, wait, why is Spider-Ham holding hot dog? Wait a minute. Uh, don't try to give this character <laughs> logic. There, there's no logic to be had. Just enjoy it. You know what it is. Do I? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up, we have Spider-Man, The Black Cat Strikes, number three. Meow. Interesting cover art. <laughs> Game Not a winner, but interesting. Mm-hmm. We have Star Wars, Bounty Hunter, number one. 
for you fucking nerds. Very cool rendering of Boba Fett there for you fucking nerds. <laughs> in his jetpack and all of his about to be put in a Sarlacc pit glory. The most overrated character of all time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> next up, we have Star Wars Darth Vader number two. For more, you fucking nerds. We have Star Wars The Rise of Kylo Ren number four. For more of you delusional fucking nerds. <laughs> God. Yeah, that's right. I said it. Applying too, too much into the cave, babe, here. I mean, Star Wars is dead to me. It's just a fact. Ryan Johnson was the last nail in the coffin for me. Didn't haven't seen the new one. Don't care to. It's... It's dead to me. Uh, yeah, JJ tried to breathe life into the corpse, and uh, we I'll, all know how that turned out. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Symbiote Spider-Man, Alien Reality, number four. Symbiote Spider-Man. A lot of Spider-Man books this week. We have The Amazing Spider-Man, number 41, Ooh. 2099. <laughs> With a boomerang. Because <laughs> why not? Because why not? Next up, we have The Immortal Hulk. Number 32. Why is... With what looks like the dragon from NeverEnding Story <laughs> on was, the cover. It's like, I was going to say, that's either Falcor the <laughs> Luck Dragon, <laughs> or it's a very cutesy, dolled-up version of Wendigo. Like, But, you know, a thing can be two things. I think it's the NeverEnding Story dragon. That's what I think. <laughs> NeverEnding Story... God. Don't get that in my head right now. Uh, next <laughs> up, bad. we have Thor number four. We're never going to get through these covers at this rate. <laughs> we have Venom number 24. Goopy. Very goopy. <laughs> and we have X-Men, your favorite book, number eight. How dare you? <laughs> Not to you. I'm talking to I'm talking to Marvel right now. Oh, How you. dare you? Understood. Understood. <laughs> uh, next up, from Dynamite Entertainment. You know what to expect. There's going to be boob art. Uh, There's going to be naked body art. There's going to be Deja Thoris. There's going to be oh, Red it's, Sonia. It's going to be hotness all the way gonna down. There's going to be Vampirella. There's going to be Chastity. And they're all going to be butt-ass naked. It, so no, They're uh, not going to be naked. They're just going to be damn close. A, a, a shred away from that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not to say there aren't good books and their lines, because... You can always find one or two that are worth reading for sure. <laughs> and you, you know, said but. we don't king shame here. <laughs> if this is your vibe, by all means, I've certainly bought these covers. I'm going to buy these covers. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it happens. It, it sells. You There's know, no getting around it. Um. So first up, we have Black Terror number five. Not really sure which is the variant because they're both labeled as variants. Yeah. We have Chastity number five, which again. Not sure which one's the real one because they're both labeled as variants. Yeah. Um, we have Death to the Army of Darkness, number two. <laughs> Shop smart. Shop S smart. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Deja Thoris, with, uh, just as predicted. <laughs> a, a shred away. <laughs> a shred away for sure. Literally no cover is as hot. Uh, Deja Thoris number four. And Every time. Deja Thoris is usually quite saucy. So, oh, you know. So much sauce. And let's see here. We have one, two, three, four, five, <laughs> six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 16. 16 naked Dejah Thoris variants. 
But please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have James Bond, number four. We have... See, now the audience can kind of understand why this is so difficult sometimes. Oh, yeah. There's a there's a lot to try to sift through. We have a cool stylistic cover. Vampirella, Crossroads, Sonia, number seven. Uh, Lee's Jay art. Lee cover. Yeah, Jay Lee has awesome art and a cool, very cool style that only he does. Yeah. He did a lot of DC books for a while there, I think probably two years ago. Really, really enjoyed his artwork on those. I think Batman Superman was one of them. Yeah, that's a really big fan of. Yeah, I've been a fan of his since he did the the work for the the Gunslinger uh, graphic novels, which yeah. were amazing. Yeah, definitely good, definitely good artist. And then we have some variants for Vengeance of Vampirella number five, but I think those were also advertised last week, so not a big new thing there. And again, fucking shred away i mean a shred so hot a shred of fabric there so you know enjoy (laughs) if that's your thing enjoy i'll be in my bunk whoa (laughs) uh next up from dc comics we have aquaman giant number three we have batman and the outsiders number 11 black lightning getting some showtime Although, After finally getting some uh, showtime, CW, I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we have Catwoman, number 21, with a pretty fun action cover. Now, this is what I like from DC. This is perfect. You know, Yes, they have a little bit of text, which is annoying, but it's not terrible. You got, they got their DC logo that they integrated, I think, last year, early last year, that's much more subtle and not as striking. And there's no barcodes. Thank God. The most important thing. No barcodes. Thank you. Get those fucking barcodes off the front, Marvel. Yeah, I like, you know, the cover is very good. It didn't win our cover of the week, but what really makes this cover great is just the integration into the logo and all that other stuff. Really like it. Not too busy. Really, really enjoy it. Simple and to the point. For sure. Uh, Next up, we have Green Lantern, season two and number two. I'm not sure why they're putting seasons on it now, but, you know, by all means. <laughs> because we we know damn well it's going to be a very long time before we dramatize them in live action again. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, as long as they're not see. paired up with Ezra Miller, I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Hawkman, number 22. Which, this cover, I just, it's... I mean, I get what you're trying to do. It's a great impression you're trying to strike, but... You can't even make out what the fuck's going on. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have House of Whispers, number 19, which is one of the Sandman Universe books. Um, next up, we have Looney Tunes, number 254. We have, I want to say Ruby. I, I haven't, That's what everyone calls it. I haven't heard anybody pronounce it, but I'm assuming it's Ruby. Uh, R-W-B-Y, number six, which is a very unique book in the DC line. It has a very uh, anime-esque art style. Um, but cool nonetheless it's always good to have something different especially now that vertigo is resting in peace yeah uh that is originally an online web series uh done completely up in cg yep very cool very cool yeah um next up we have superman number 21 we have bat the batman's grave get that right number six we have that's the, bold. Definitely. We have <laughs> the Dollhouse Family, number five. Interesting. We have The Flash, number seven fifty one. Again <laughs> with the numbering. Come on. 
Come on. We we know there's a lot of them. Yeah, you can count on the Flash to be nothing but uh, lightning bolts and speed lines. We have the Terrifics, one of the lasting <laughs> members of the new era oh of my DC God. heroes. They're still going. <laughs> the Mad Lads. They still kept going. going. Yes. <laughs> They're one of the few that survived. Oh. There was a lot. Sideways should have survived. I don't know if Silencer is still a thing, but I know that book uh, was great for so long. Yeah, I think that one uh, got canceled, unfortunately. Oh. That just it, makes me it, sad. It Brimstone should have stayed on. It should have. Uh, there was some really good books in there. Not and, damage. But the, <laughs> no, not damage. Definitely <laughs> not damage. Or the Immortal Men. Both those <laughs> books can fuck right off. Uh, <laughs> but Terrifics is great. Terrifics is great. And I'm not quite caught up. It's been a you know. T- quite honestly, I assumed it got canceled with everything else. <laughs> so, I just assumed and quit looking for it. But now that I know it's still alive, I'm going to start looking for it again. Yeah, this, the I, fact that it's still a thing around gives like, me hope. Yeah, I stopped around like issue 14 or 15, but I need to catch back up and see if it's still as delightful as it used to be. Oh, it looks so cool. It was so good. It was so fun. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Wonder Woman number 753. Wonder Woman always looking badass. Yep. And then we have Young Justice number 14. And Young Justice was a very good book. I really enjoyed it. It's one of uh, one of the books that Brian Michael Bendis started when he came over and became a turncoat for Marvel. <laughs> Jumped ship over to DC. And it, it, it was good. Yeah, it's like hey, there's a lot it, to criticize Bendis for for his Marvel stuff, I think, but he's done some great stuff, and he's really good with characters. Clearly, he he's good just, with dialogue. He just wanted '90s Superboy to come back, which is wonderful. <laughs> By all means, bring '90s Superboy back, please. And like it, we need that, uh, and he has. Oh my God, just that reminder of how wild the '90s used to be. Can, can we have more so of that? Fun. Delightful. <laughs> Next up, from IDW Publishing, we have Disney Comics and Stories, number 11. We have From Hell, Master Edition, number 10. We have Marvel Action, Captain Marvel, number 4. Huh. We have uh, Read Only Memories, number 3. Those look like both variants. Oh, I did miss it. We also have Rom, Dire Race, number 2. Uh, we have, where to go? We have Transformers, number 18, should be correct. The Transformers, like the Ohio State University. <laughs> yeah, get it right, people. We have get it right. Uncle Scrooge, number 55. Right you are, Emery, right you are. And that is all from IDW. From Boom Studios, my favorite comic book company to announce. We have Ghosted in LA, number nine. It's very specific. Now, it looks like they're literal ghosts, but I would be kind of entertained if it was like a Tinder ghosted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Somebody make this happen. I know there's somebody at Image that's willing to do it. Let's let's get it done. Someone's got to have an idea for a Tinder-based comic book. (laughs) Let's get this done. Cross-marketing, cross-advertising, it can be done. Let's do it. The book could almost write itself. <laughs> Next up, we have Go Go Power Rangers, number do, thirty. Do, 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 do. It's Morphin Time. <laughs> Mastodon, Pterodactyl, Triceratops. I forget the rest. <laughs> Saber Tooth Tiger. tiger. Yeah. Uh, Tyrannosaurus. Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, oh, wait. We forgot the sixth one. 
dragon sword. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he didn't have a dragon sword after he became the White Ranger. Uh, what did they call the tiger one? Tiger Zord. Is that what it was? <laughs> I think it was just Tiger Zord. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't have to think too hard. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so much fun. Classic. <laughs> Next up, we have Ronin Island, number 11. You ever think, man, we're fucking dorks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Only whenever I wake up. Oh, okay. It's not too bad then. Yeah. For me, it's right before I go to sleep. Oh, gets dark. Oh my god, it's real dark in that bedroom. <laughs> uh, next up, we have the storyteller, ghosts number one. Ooh, and we have BB Free number three. Lots of bubbles, huh? From Dark Horse Comics, remember they are fifty percent off right now on for their comicsology for their graphic novels. Although it looked like it was comics also. It hmm. didn't seem like it was just graphic novels, although that was the title line. Yeah. Bears Investigation. Maybe it's not new titles. Who knows? Uh, first up, we have Blackwood, The Morning After, number two. We have Criminal Macabre. Macabre. The Big Bleed. Out. <laughs> big, big important word there. It's like the big bleed. Out. Out. Number four. <laughs> Quickly jumped from a book about uh, teenage puberty to a book about uh, murder. It's so, a, and the title's a mouthful. That word matters. Next up, we have Elf Quest, Stargazer's Hunt, number three. Um, we have we have Tales from Harrow County, Death Choir, number four, and that wraps up Black Horse. Mm. Next up from Image Comics, we love Image Comics. Keep Image. doing, keep doing what you're doing. That's right. We have Decorum number one. We have Manifest Destiny number forty-two. I've been saying for forever that I was gonna deep dive into Manifest Destiny because I love the premise a lot, but I just haven't gotten to it, and it's running away from me. I need to catch up. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are graphic novels that'll make that a little easier. Yeah, I'm sure there's some compendiums or something. Yeah, or at least one coming. Yeah. Got a thing. Next up, we have Moonshine, number 17. We have Reaver, number three. We have SFSX, Safe <laughs> Sex, number seven. That's hard to say. We have Snot Girl, number 15. We have Sonata, number nine. Very steampunky slash Jurassic vibe. Interesting. And we have Stealth, number one. From Valiant. They have That's a book topical. this month. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Who would have guessed? First up, we have <laughs> Bloodshot, number seven. You know, a series that uh, probably gets one issue every three months. So, you know, good job, guys. Uh, we have Rye, number five. And that wraps up Valiant. So, you know, <laughs> I'm proud of you guys. Thank you for releasing something for your fans. It's great. You're trying so hard. Uh, you know, other companies, you know, they don't release a ton of books every week and I get it logistically. If you're not a big company, it makes sense that you're not able to produce a, bu a bunch of books every week. Right. But most of these companies at least put out one or two every week, at least one or two. So there's something on the shelves that reminds you that they exist, <laughs> which is something that I would hope would be the goal yeah. for a comic book publishing company yeah. is to let people know. 
We have something that we think you want this month. Yeah. Not once every three months. For sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Valiant. Get up, get back on the horse. Uh, next up from Oni Press, we have Agretsuko, number two, which is based on the Netflix exclusive anime about a little fox girl who works at a business and it feels her soul being crushed every day. And then at the end of the night, goes and rages at the karaoke booth. Relatable. With death metal. Very Protein. fun. Very fun. <laughs> uh, let's see here. From Scout Comics, we have North Bend, number one. Ah, oh, that's a weird guy. Very upside down-ish. <laughs> you know. Uh, next up, we have Rise, number six. I mean, come on, Valiant. <laughs> Scout Comics <laughs> has two new issues plus a variant. <laughs> you guys can do better. Next up, from Titan <sighs> Books, from overseas, we have Adler, number two. Ooh, Titan Comics. Uh, I'm going to put in a plug right now. If you people haven't seen or heard anything about a little-known graphic novel, Elric of Melnabonet. Here he goes. Once yep, every every he, time. He just can't let it go. Just <laughs> a, 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 He loves it. Every time you bring up The Witcher, I have to bring up Elric. <laughs> every time. It's fair, dog. I gotta do Don't it. Don't get me ranting about The Witcher right now. No. Mm. It won't be positive. <laughs> <laughs> How do we establish where we are in the timeline on that show? God. I know <laughs> everything about the series, and even I was fucking lost. Like, why are we time jumping everywhere, and none of it is being explained? Like, why are we'll tie it together at the end? Well, nobody's gonna fucking make it to the end because <laughs> nobody's gonna watch that far. It's like, why am I seeing the child version and the adult version in the same episode? Did I literally watch something that I made fun of Sonic 06 for? Yes. Hedgehog marriage. That being said. Hedgehog marriage. Henry Cavill, delightful. He's a wonderful witcher. He's very good at grunting and saying the word fuck. Dandelion, (laughs) who in the series is called Jaskier. Everybody knows him as Dandelion in the U.S. uh, Why go back to his original name? Because It's unnecessary. They're trying to make it an earned thing for some weird reason. Even the English translations of the books originally have him Dandelion. Dandelion. They don't say Jaskier. But, you know, (sighs) teach their whatever. I can live with this fact. What I can't live For now. with is fucking Trish. Let's not go on about that right now. Fucking I, sucks. I, I swear to God, if Ugh. we talk about Trish, I will be up all night. I might kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nah, leave it. <laughs> it's good. It's part of our running. Yeah, we've that. That's part of our running gag. What the fuck did they do to Tris? <laughs> <laughs> that is a crime. It is a crime. Um, <sighs> but yeah, definitely uh, check out the Witcher books, the Witcher games. You know, watch the show if 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 you wish. There are some great moments, but uh, it's pretty incoherent, especially if you're a newcomer. And uh, I hope someone can keep the timeline straight. Go ahead. 
talk about your favorite Titan book out there. Elric of Melnibane. There we go. Or as I like to call it, uh, what if the book The Witcher series had balls? <laughs> Instead of basically a sellsword hero who isn't really an anti-hero and more of just, you know, someone who occasionally, like, gets a little upset and maybe cracks wise every now and again. Uh, if you want to see the introduction of dark fantasy, some shit that Michael Moorcock came up with in, like, protest to the Conan books back in the fucking 60s, read Elric of Melnibane. And, like, this is some, like, this would put Game of Thrones to shame type shit. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> Do it. Get to reading. Titan books. L- give me more. Come on. <laughs> Just give me more. They were giving you some for a while. They they were. They, had a, like, they had a newer run going. Y- yeah. That, I mean, uh, far be it from me to try to rush perfection. <laughs> it's fair, dog. It's fair. <laughs> uh, next up from Aftershock Comics, we have The Man Who Effed Up Time. Quite a name. Spell out the whole effed part. Okay. You know, why not? Yeah, why Couldn't not? Hurt. I guess. Uh, just because we talked about them. Archie Comics, we got <laughs> Betty and Veronica, friends forever, all relative number one. Subject matter of the hit show, Riverdale. Good for them. You know, why not? Yeah, why not? And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Again, please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Now it's time to hand out the prestigious, nay, life-changing award of cover and variant cover of the week. Da-da-da. First up, your cover of the week goes to X-Men number eight. Begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> Emery's so bitter. You, you goddamn right, I'm bitter. But this cover is awesome. It is very dramatic, as you would want from an X Men book. Very stylized, very detailed, awesome action shot. Uh, logo placed very minimally. My one gripe. The fucking barcode <laughs> is so distracting. I wish the barcodes would go away, put them on the back of the book. There's no reason whatsoever that they need to be on the front of the goddamn book. At this point, in terms of the X-Men books, I'd be fine if the whole fucking thing was a barcode. <laughs> <laughs> So salty. Oh. Back up the trucks. I have not even begun to dump salt on the fucking X-Men comic books as of late. I think uh, for our fans out there, you can probably predict whether the content matches the drapes on this one. I'm sure Emery will read it because he's a masochist, but yep. uh, you know. Yep. Let's not talk about that. Let's celebrate the cover and the cover artist uh, who is... Lionel Francis Yu. So, Lionel, you have done a fantastic job of uh, illustrating this cover. Uh, Credit goes to you and your team. Uh, Anybody else who worked on it, colorists, um, who may have helped out. It is a fantastic, awesome 
action shot, animated cover. I'm not the Cyclops guy. That's more Emery's alley. But uh, this, I don't think anybody can deny that this is just a fucking badass action shot of Cyclops. This is a pose so goddamn classic it reminds me of the 90s cartoon. I mean, that's exactly what <laughs> I am visualizing is, you know, the Jim Lee kind of style uh, posing, I would say, uh, in the action shots. Really cool cover. Really great detail. Uh, great proportions. Great lighting. Great shading. Uh, just everything you could ever ask for. Minimalist design of the the logo. It's integrated very well. Similar color palettes. Just everything works except for the fucking barcode. Uh, and and Cyclops's costume. Now barcodes are very important at, from a collector standpoint because they tell you what version this is, what variant this is, if it is a variant, what issue number it is. If you you can't find a good indication of what issue number it is. There's a lot of information on there, and I really should put an instructional video up. Um, but for collectors, it's very important. But there's no reason for it to be on the front. You can see this stuff if you just pick it up and look on the back. That's That would be wonderful. So please, I beg of you, put the barcode on the back. For good books. But congratulations to Lionel Francis Yu. You have won our comic cover of the week. From Hit the Books podcast. Next up, our variant cover of the week goes to another Marvel book. Another Marvel book. A little hot streak we got going on right now. Yeah. We have Marvel Snapshot Submariner number one, the Deloto cover. Or as I like to call it, The Shape of Water Part Two, <laughs> The Wettest Boogaloo. <laughs> <laughs> He is a wet boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> now, this is another awesome cover art where the logo is actually integrated very well. Uh, I love it when artists take the time to integrate the logos in a very symbiotic matter. Yeah. So where, it, you know, it, I love Virgin covers. They're, the Virgins are probably my favorite uh, variant cover. But when you integrate the logo very well, you know, I can't cry about it. Yeah. It's it's very, very well done. This is a great action shot, monster rising out of the ocean with a very badass-looking Submariner. Um, this version of Submariner, I can definitely get behind. I cannot get behind the, <laughs> the <laughs> Angel Shoes, single-scaled Speedo, super hammerhead, high-angled eyebrows, pointy ears <laughs> version of Submariner. This one is much more grounded and a little bit <laughs> has a little bit more decoration his, to it his proportions seem a bit more human he actually looks like what he is which is a fucking king yeah so, you know i'm all about it uh yes more of this if it were up to me i would actually say one of the things that i miss from the 90s is when classic books like x-men integrated the title of the book into the background yeah that, and like that, a way that's that, always cool it was like in a way that you can see it it's back there you know what you're purchasing but this what we're drawing here is so fucking alive it demands to be seen first yeah i can't re i can't for the life of me remember what it was i think it was a spider-man book 
I think we awarded one of their covers, uh, a variant or a regular cover of the week. It was probably two years ago now. I'll have to look it up. But that those covers used an awesome method of integrating the title into the book. I think I remember which one you're talking about. Do you, do you remember the title? Uh, I think it was an... Uh, it was an alternate reality where I think uh, it was Spider-Man and Mary Jane were, yeah, were like married spider yeah, people where together. Yeah, they had the kids and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the kid yeah. goes off to Xavier's school. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the one. I can't, the title's not coming to my brain right now. Right. But those covers were awesome because they integrated the title yes. and, and everything <laughs> in the background into the actual like billboard art, you know. It was very subtle, but noticeable enough that you could still pick up uh, what that the information what I, was trying to convey. It was awesome. Yeah. Loved it. That is what I want more of. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it works very well when done correctly. Uh, so big props to that book. I, I'm sorry I can't remember the title of the book, but it was really good. It was, yeah. Maybe it's like Mr. and Mrs. Spider-Man or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm sure we can put the link down below. After Mr. and Mrs. Parker. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how lazy I am when I'm editing. <laughs> if you're watching the YouTube show, you might yeah. get a peek. But uh, back to this cover, Marvel Snapshots, Submariner, number one, Deloto. Uh, cover, hopefully I'm pronouncing your name right, Delata. Deloto, Deloto, Delato, Potato, yeah. Tomato, Tomato. But uh, Gabriel Delato did a, a wonderful job with this cover art. Really detailed, really animated. You know me, I love my water effects uh, when they're done right, and certainly they are done correctly here. Um, really great action pose. Uh, just everything you could really ask for if you wanted a cool modern Submariner cover. Really love it. Really can't speak more highly of it. Can't really give it more credit than I've already given it. It's a great cover. Go pick it up from your local comic book shops if you so choose. And that one's a number one, so it should be an easy. Did the content match the Drace for next week? So I'll probably have a Chastity number four and the variant. Uh, from last week, and I'll probably have this variant here uh, review for you. And I'm sure Emery <laughs> will love to review X-Men number eight for you. Yep. You know me. On our segment, big, did the content match the drapes? Big old current day X-Men fan. So one last time, big congratulations to Gabriel Delato for Marinol, uh, Marvel's, <laughs> mixing up Mariner and Marvel's now, <laughs> Marvel Snapshots, Submariner number one variant, and Lionel Francis Yu for his X-Men number eight cover. Fantastic work, gentlemen. Uh, you clearly have a great future ahead of you. A great past behind you. Probably a good butt, too. You know... <laughs> you need a good foundation when you're you're illustrating. Uh, I guess. It's like That's a lot of sitting down. That fat ass. I know it. Don't <laughs> lie. Next up, it's time to discuss a topic about the world of comic books for your amusement. Mm. This topic comes to us from our YouTube channel. A commenter called I'm Just Saying Bro commented, Do either of you play DC Universe Online? If so, is there an episode you talk about it? So I think we've mentioned DC Universe Online on previous episodes, but I don't think we've ever really dived into it. I don't think we have. So I have a weird relationship with DC uh, Universe <laughs> Online where yeah. I, I don't play it anymore. Just full context, 
I have no modern, you know, an analysis of the game because it's been updated so many times. There's been so many DLC packages at this point. Yeah. I'm sure it's a wonderful game. I started it pretty close to its launch on the PS4. It was actually free to play oh. up to a certain point. You know, you could buy the DLC and whatnot. And so I was like, yeah, why not? You know, I love comic books. The premise of the game sounds fun. Why not? Let's dive in. Yeah. Uh, I played it. It was fun. Uh, you know, if you're into that style of kind of MMO gameplay and kind of customizing your character and it's figuring like out your own thing. Having the, the questing that you do regularly. Yeah, buddy dungeons yeah. and that sort of thing. By all means, hop into it. It's a great game. It's a lot of fun. You'll have a lot of fun if you are, especially if you're a comic book fan. But even if you're not a comic book fan, you'll probably find something to like in this game. Very well designed, very enjoyable, didn't have any kind of server issues or anything like that, so that's always a great sign, uh, especially on uh, Midwest Wi-Fi and <laughs> bandwidths. Um, but no, it was, it was a very fun game. Uh, you know me, I'm Nightwing guy, so I went to the gadget style and yep. did everything I could to <laughs> not be Nightwing, but be my own interpretation of what a Nightwing could be. Right. And that's how I designed my character. <laughs> I wish I had saved some screenshots or something so I could show you guys on the, the show here, but, uh, unfortunately it just didn't stick with me. The reason being is I'm just not a big MMO guy. You know, there's, there's been periods where I've dipped my toes in like, I remember World of Warcraft had a free trial period where you could basically go up to level 20 and not have to pay anything to Ooh. play it. And so I did that and it was fun, you know, but I just wasted so much time, <laughs> you know, time that I'll never get back that I could have been doing so many other things that would have been more enjoyable than, you know, killing this wolf and killing this pig and killing this goblin so i could level up so i could go to the next zone and see what the next zone looked like and then kill a bunch of those things so i can level up and do these quests and i hated like guilds and stuff because i felt like it was cheating when you had somebody that was super high level just m destroy just everything for you everything, yeah it just isn't fun for me i like the challenge but those games are designed to be done in groups and when you're jumping on the the horse as late as i was you know there was <laughs> there wasn't anybody near my level that you know was interested in teaming up with me so i and i'm a i'm kind of a lone wolf gamer to begin with you know i'll play competitive stuff online but I rarely play cooperative stuff online just because uh, I just don't enjoy it quite as much. You know, there's exceptions, obviously, but that's usually not the case. Yeah. Uh, if I want to play cooperative, I want to play co-op, like local co-op. Like couch co-op. Yeah. Yeah. Which barely any games support anymore. It's like Borderlands and like some Lego games now, which, which kind of sucks because I have so many great memories of playing co-op with friends growing up, whether it was, you know, uh, was streets of rage oh my uh, god we mentioned that last oh week. my god yes um turtles in time that that one's uh, also a really good one uh great you know there's a lot of x-men arcade games that came to super nintendo and sega genesis that had uh, Ooh, a lot of cooperative play one, though. yeah <laughs> and then if you go to the older skew you know obviously halo was probably the biggest one for most people of our generation 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that we, was a huge one. We played the fuck out of Halo. I didn't own an Xbox once. <laughs> All I'd do is go to my buddy's houses. I had the PS2. They were never coming to my place to, because there wasn't really any co op games, you know, on right. PS2. It was like Red Faction, I guess. But even that was like, eh. Yeah, PS2 was more about the, competitive the single play. player. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the type of gamer I am. So I guess that worked out. But. If I wanted to play those awesome co-op games, I was always <laughs> going to my buddies who had the Xbox games, you know, Halo and that, uh, un- was it Unreal Tournament? No, it's not Unreal Tournament. What's the other one? Uh, There's a big tournament game with a bunch of like uh, I mean, super hardcore. Un- Unreal Tournament, I think that was more PC. Yeah. Uh, but It did uh, come to consoles eventually, but. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the, 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 the one, orange box the other or orange collection. One. The other big one for Xbox. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of examples of that, but I'm just not a big MMO guy. It's just, yeah. I played Rift, another game right. that had a level 20, <laughs> you know, cut off and I, I wasn't going to pay for it. So once I hit level 20, I was like, eh, you know, I wasted enough time. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. I might as well stop here. Yeah. Uh, now I do have a funny story about my mother though. Oh, my mother, okay. who really didn't touch video games, period. You know, she'd play, like, the old stuff once in a while with, uh, you know, her boyfriend or whatever the case was. But very, very rarely. You know, it was once in a blue moon, and she didn't seem to enjoy it very much. Yeah. But at one point, she started dating this guy who played World of Warcraft. And to kind of, like, hang out with him, you know, (laughs) she would hop on World of Warcraft. And then she got addicted. And when I say addicted, I mean getting, like maybe two hours of sleep a night if she's lucky oh, just having no <laughs> having these huge bags under her eyes and just being just completely wrecked by not sleeping oh my Man, god it was a rough time for my mother she <laughs> she did not hold up very well uh but she got in deep and she oh, stayed she oh. stayed in deep oh. uh, until uh, down the line eventually they broke up but man she was in deep. She really got addicted to that game. A person who really, prior to that, never really played video games at all. It, yeah. was, it was kind of funny to watch, you know? <laughs> I was like 16, 17, somewhere around there. And just seeing my mother, who in her early 40s, you know, playing these video games and being completely addicted to them, you know? And just... I don't know. I started to see from the outside what it must be like for a lot of parents of our age, you know, yeah. to look at our, their kids that are just addicted to this stuff. Not to say that there isn't something good coming out of it, because there's a lot of community and fun and socializing and all this sort of stuff that's integrated into this type of gameplay. But yeah, DC Universe Online had a lot of really cool looking DC packages. I know they had a Green Lantern package. Um I'm trying to remember the big ones. They had some big ones early on. I know they had the Wonder Woman one, the Amazon package. I think I actually might have tried the Green Lantern one. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think. I think it was Blackest Night themed, if I don't, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Um, but yeah, just a lot of great stuff, and like a, the game's still relevant. That's what's kind of crazy about it. Uh, yeah, I think that clearly shows it by uh, the the comment from I'm just saying, bro. Uh, Clearly, there's still people interested and in talking about the game. I wonder if they're ever going to do a sequel to it because it seems like it's been a success for the most part. They're still making content for it and keeping it updated. So I can't imagine, you know, 
Yeah. It's not I, still relevant. I mean, there's cool stuff. I mean, you could, like, fly and stuff. I think that's where I really fucked up. It's because, obviously, a gadget character can't fly. <laughs> it made the game a lot less fun when you had to climb everything. And Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, like, one of the ways to, like, hamper a game is to... Uh, arbitrarily limit yourself when yeah. it's like you're looking at all of these other heroes who are just zipping around it's like i mean damn it, it i wish i could do that it solidified why i respect the, the mortal characters far more <laughs> but it also reminded me of how tedious reality is <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the age-old question what would what would Batman do if he had powers anywhere close to Superman? Yeah, but follow-up comment by, uh, I'm just saying, bro, he says, uh, thanks, you should try to get Emery to check it out for an hour or two. It's a good game overall. So uh, I know you said you had kind of t- teased it a little bit with the Green Lantern package, but... Yeah, I, I, I might have played it a little bit. Emery's like too you... busy playing Warframe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, in my defense... A lot of the frames that I've acquired, I have given basically comic book character, like color palette <laughs> swaps and designs and all that shit. Like I, I have, like there is a bird frame that I have turned into both Robin and Nightwing. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. With guns. <laughs> oh no, you can do melee only. Okay, but you, well, but they, the they don't it, it, swords. It's murder. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it's, it's still def- murder. It's definitely murder. <laughs> <laughs> I played that game too, but I just I couldn't figure out what the point of it was. I was like, oh, I couldn't figure out why I was doing all of these things. Right, that uh, notoriously that game is uh, not very like newcomer friendly, which has become progressively less and less of the case over time. I yeah. think. I am going to only after this happens start like telling people to try out Warframe for the first time. There is an introductory cinematic that is going to be added to the game very soon that I've already mm-hmm. seen. Interesting. And I think it does a much better job of uh giving you the feel of what you're doing and why you're there and what the hell it is that you actually are yeah i mean while leaving some things to mystery i think that's the biggest problem with a lot of these newer kind of you know online arena games there's there's no context i don't yeah i don't understand why any of this is happening or why i should care yeah and i get i get the argument that hey it's just a fun game that's fun to play yeah but like i can't some people like lore i can't invest myself if there's no point to any of this right that you know i think you would be a person who's all about the lore in which there is quite a bit of a lore whore yeah there's quite a bit it's just there's some layers that you would have to get through first in order to get like to like the meaty chunks of it yeah and before uh we finish the topic i did want to give one shout out to a a game that's probably not as well known that was probably my biggest introduction to mmo gameplay now there's one that's really well known that i played a little bit but can never get into is runescape i think anybody (laughs) that's our age remembers runescape and how (laughs) rudimentary and how rudimentary and ridiculous it was at uh, first, yeah, it still it still yeah. exists. Yeah. There's a cell phone version of it now. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, you, you can go play that right now. Uh, but yeah, it, it got was, me once. It was a tedious game. <laughs> uh, 
so I didn't get too far into that one. But uh, the other one that uh, I actually started playing on was called Tibia. I don't know if you've heard of this. I think it was Korean. That it literally was not... sounds like a body part that you learn about in anatomy class. Yeah, and that's what I thought when I first played it, but it was fun. <laughs> a, I think the world is called Tibia, which is why it's called Tibia, but, you know, who knows? Uh, but this was a very kind of lesser-known game that you could play for free uh that was online it was a top-down kind of minimally animated game so it was kind of like uh like the older final fantasy games where it's kind of top-down visual kind of like final fantasy tactics yeah kind of uh not a slightly different animation but yeah simple top-down animation like that kind of okay. went on a planar grid yeah and you know you could go up down left right and then you could adjust from there everything was kind of built in squares whether you noticed it or not you know yeah um it, that basically game, like a very specific type of D. &D. yeah it was it, it was very fun I, I i enjoyed it a lot and i got deep into that game and i have some <laughs> ridiculous stories about that game like for example i got robbed <laughs> what? yeah i got robbed by another player once oh, oh and my I, God. I was pretty young so i wasn't smart enough to just shut everything off and deal with it but there was things that you could do to trap players yeah if you were smart about it like you could move a bunch of chairs and tables and stuff to where the uh ladders and stairs were and the caveat is that when you went down a ladder or went up down some stairs you couldn't go back up unless you took one step away from it. Oh. So what would happen is they would surround the entire thing with furniture and trap you there. <laughs> then I got a little thing of want to record right after so once you were trapped usually somebody would be on the other side uh -huh. and they would put in the little chat bubble you know give me blah 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 and i'll let you out you know <laughs> give me all your gold or whatever i'll Ooh, let you out those bastards and then you know i i would try lying at first like i don't have any <laughs> like i'm a new player <laughs> like no i know you have gold give me your gold <laughs> like i don't have any gold i got some meat give me your meat <laughs> i give them the meat you know and basically you'd place it on a piece of furniture and they'd take the piece of furniture phrasing and, and the furniture blocks you from like shooting them with arrows and stuff so even if you had arrows like there was just no way to hit them yeah uh, so they really did just fucking trap you. <laughs> now, normally in a modern game, if there's something broken like that or something exploitable like that, a modern developer would patch it out. But they didn't bother to patch that stuff out back then. And it it's kind of what made it really fun. <laughs> like, I have all these great stories of just like... <laughs> getting trapped by enemies being on the verge of death and just having no way out and somehow i manipulated something in the room to block <laughs> them from getting to me and so i couldn't escape but they also couldn't kill me <laughs> and i would i would like desperately message out to all of my buddies that i had in my chat group yeah and hope that one of them was online and would come and save me <laughs> 
<laughs> or I'd go on AIM and message a friend oh on AIM God, and be like, AIM. dude, if you're home, get online and save my ass. I can't move. For those just, of you who are far too young to remember what AIM is, that's AOL, America Online. America Instant Messenger. Instant Messenger. Man, that takes me back. It was fun, man. <laughs> I had a lot of great memories on Tibia, and it was... You know, there's so many ways to break the game, but it was just so fun to do. It was just so fun to play. It wasn't like glitchy. It was just how the game was built. Right. You know, which is a big difference. And it it made for so many fun, (laughs) memorable moments of of a game I otherwise probably would have never remembered. But even though I was pretty young, you know, I was probably, you know, 10, 11, 12, that age range. I mean, we're still using dial up for our internet. You know, you had to plug in the phone line and nobody could use the fucking phone while you had the line on. So I'd have to like sneak it in when I knew there weren't going to be any calls and my parents weren't paying attention. I can literally feel my hair turning gray. You you talking about shit this old. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know. It's just a lot of fun, really memorable. You know, yeah. not I'll take modern internet any day, but <laughs> the the game just being allowed to be that way, yeah, it was really fun. It was it was really great, and I I kind of miss that kind of culture. Whereas now <laughs> games are so well refined that you know They're anything about- that can be exploited like that, they try to patch out or fix or put some kind of notice out that hey, if you do this, we're right. gonna ban you. Blah blah blah. And I get why you do that, but sometimes it's fun. <laughs> sometimes it adds a little bit of, you know, I don't know finding real world groundedness to it where, hey, shit ain't always fair. <laughs> you better be smart because you ain't going to survive in this world if you aren't. Finding exploits. I mean, there was literally yeah. career criminals in that game <laughs> whose sole purpose was to fuck with players. <laughs> And I mean, there there would be guys that would literally like befriend you, pretend to be your your buddy. Oh my god! Then, full on con men. And then they would lead you to a dungeon where they knew you would be fucked, <laughs> and they'd wait for you to they tell you to watch over here while I go kill this enemy. And you go over there, and there's like a hidden enemy or something, Ooh. and they attack you, and you can't do anything to fucking fight them off because they're way too strong, and they just watch you die and steal all your shit. Oh. it was so good (laughs) i have so many memories like that oh it was a different time back then it was it was i'm sure there's something reminiscent of that on modern games but i I feel like it's definitely less prevalent yeah Um, nowadays the the idea of the developer trying to take that product and further refine it ad infinitum to keep people engaged and uh, basically have the game experience out there that they envisioned that whole time. Yeah. Uh, while that is definitely a good thing when it comes to certain games, uh, especially when those games aren't, you know, completely, you know, finished products. Final Fantasy 15, I'm looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, games like this tibia that you're describing Mm. like that experiences like that take me back to exploits that i would always find in just about any game that i played it's like okay this is how i know the developers kind of overlooked this but i found it (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a lot of that stuff and it was fun i mean it sucks if you get a game and it's fucking broken like yeah 
just unplayable or unmanageable or whatever the case is. That sucks. And it's nice that we can fix that now. Yeah. But I mean, thank you, modern internet. <laughs> it's, I don't know. There's just something unique about it. Something really memorable and visceral about a game that you can kind of <laughs> put some real, sh- real world shenanigans in, you know? <laughs> I just, it was, it was fun. It's it really good memories. It is because of things like that that I am into things like actual tabletop Dungeons and Dragons. Because you can just dream up any kind of shenanigans you want and like it's up to whoever's running the game to say sure describe to me how it is that you pull off this bullshit sure if you're a fucking nerd (laughs) (laughs) we get to say that i'm not because we run a fucking (laughs) comedy i'm sorry did you pull a uh, current dem front runner and forget where you are right now whoa (laughs) getting intense now i don't know if uh you guys are watching or listening but if you're listening emory just had the most (laughs) offended face i've ever seen look i'm just saying if we're gonna call a spade or a spade or if we're gonna you know like, is that what we're doing, or are we having a pot-to-kettle conversation? <laughs> I told you, it gets dark at night, man. <laughs> There's a lot of hate in there. <laughs> I don't deny it. It makes my life more fun. Oh, the darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace it, Emery. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> But uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of really great memories out there of you know these games, and, but they just generally speaking weren't my thing. So DC, yeah. DC Universe Online is one of those things where I, a I probably didn't give myself a fighting chance by playing the gadget character, which is not fun when you have a, I mean, a speedster character that can run across the entire map in like two seconds or a flying <laughs> character that can literally fly anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it made a big difference. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Maybe I'll give it an, another shot with like a flying character or a running character or whatever the case is. But you know, game's pretty old now. I probably won't jump back in. And let's face it, who has the fucking time anymore? But uh, yeah, that's a time sink. I'm just saying, bro. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Keep supporting it if you so choose. Uh, it is. Oh. Okay, in contrast to uh, the DC Universe experience that you have, I will say that I did play Marvel Heroes Mm -hmm. when that game was still available and something that the, you know, servers were still up for. was Marvel Heroes, was that technically an MMO? Uh, Technically, insofar as you had like a thousand different people on one screen playing the same fucking character with just like a different like (laughs) screen name. Uh, (laughs) They had like three characters, right? That you could choose from, basically. Uh, no. Am I thinking of a different game? Probably thinking of a different game. You're probably thinking of a different game. Uh, I think you're thinking of X-Men Destiny. I am thinking of X-Men Destiny. Yep. 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 Uh, Marvel Heroes is the game where uh, it was free to play, uh, but if you if there was a character that you was wanted, this is the Diablo ripoff one. Yeah, this is the okay. Diablo ripoff. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, um, I had some experience with that, and you can definitely tell uh, which characters were favored. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, at least back when the game was still a thing. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Gazillion, uh, they they shut down, and that game Sad. is no longer a thing. Tragic. So I have some experience with uh, superhero MMOs. Yeah, I've played some other ones, too, that aren't necessarily comic book-based, but they're comic book-related. Yeah. Similar type of content. I played the uh, Star Wars... Uh, at the Old Republic? The Old Republic, yeah. yeah. I played that one briefly. I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, I didn't care to pay for it. So, you know, obviously there's a point at which you probably have to pay for it. And yeah, I, I wasn't interested in paying for it. You know, maybe that's crappy of me. But that's how I, that's how I am with all these free-to-play games. I feel like it's a terrible model. Maybe, you know, the people that are really supportive, that's great. But yeah, I, I feel think- like so many people play it way down your servers and then don't give you a dime (laughs) yeah that's the thing with that uh game development model is that it is not only is it entirely reliant on those people who are willing to you know shell out some cash for these things that you want yeah it's also reliant on you the developer giving them something that the the that's people worth who paying are, for yeah, yeah it's something that's worth paying for a lot yeah. of games struggle with that yeah it's true uh another one is uh there's a i can't remember the title of it but there was a pirates of the caribbean game that was wait what yeah <laughs> now it was okay calm okay calm down. okay it's better than you think and let me tell you why <laughs> it was assassin's creed 4 before Assassin's Creed 4 was Assassin's Creed 4. No. Yeah. It was really cool. It was a Oh my god. I mean, how did I miss this game? It, it, it was a pirate game. Now, the downside to it is it was out as an MMO mm. way before Assassin's Creed 4. So, obviously the graphics were quite up to par. It was it yeah. kind of looked like RuneScape to be honest. <laughs> but with eh. big battleships and stuff. Right. As but, long as it's fun. But you you could basically drive your own ship and have sea battles and blow people up and steal their cargo and all this stuff. And then there was land stuff to do. So you could sail from port to port, do all these cool things. Um, what was that rare game that came out on Xbox? Sea of, <laughs> what, sea of Thieves? Sea, yep, Sea of yeah. Thieves. That's so, the one. <laughs> it was basically what that game was trying to do. Like, port, like proto sea of thieves yeah uh obviously it was kind of a top-down third-person aesthetic it wasn't first person like sea of thieves or anything like that but it it was doing everything that sea of thieves was probably trying to do where you'd have people forming groups of pirates and having whole fleets going out at the same time to just fuck (laughs) people's days up and it was just fun i love games where you can fuck people's days up that makes me so happy again with the dark theme of my my life yeah (laughs) <laughs> when I play video games, I like to fuck up people's days. <laughs> but uh, oh, that's funny. It, it was it was a lot of fun. It was fun to like just have a slightly faster ship than the other guy, <laughs> and just see him in the distance and call a few buddies up and be like, "Hey, you know, come join me. Let's go fuck this dude up." <laughs> like, all right. And then you just tail him real slow. <laughs> You're fucking nautical gangster. Yeah, and then they start to like they they notice you, and you can tell they notice you because they start turning their guns towards you. It's you know, like, ooh. But if you're sneaky enough, they'll turn your gu- their guns towards you, and then you'll just kind of slow down, so it looks like you're focused on doing something else. 
and then eventually they'll get bored waiting for you and just turn and start going again. And that's when you put the jets on. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, man. And I know uh, Ubisoft was talking about developing a full-blown like online pirates game yeah. based on the Assassin's Creed 4 pirate battles and Assassin's Creed Rogue pirate battles. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I think is a great idea, but it needs the player base, which is going to be the hardest part yeah if you can get the player base in there i think it's a great idea because i had so much fun doing that sort of stuff definitely but if you can't get the player base in and there's nobody to actually have these shenanigans with that's where it's going to fall off a cliff it's going to oh. be really hard it's that initial barrier to entry is going to be the most important thing for a game like that if it's still in development which they say it is who knows but yeah we'll see yeah another shameless plug for warframe We've now gone full Sea of Thieves at this point with uh, starships. <laughs> so it's yeah. about three hours worth of content and useless? Uh, okay, maybe six hours. <laughs> six hours worth of content doing like one, uh, one gameplay mode. But, I mean, if you... And here's the thing that uh, Warframe became heavily reliant on, which I think was a mistake, is uh, this game lent itself, with its uh, mysterious lore, it lent itself heavily to people going full nerd and actually, like, role-playing while playing the game in chat. Which, I mean... if that's how you want to play that game, go right ahead. I'm By sure, all means. I'm sure you have lots of amazing stories you can tell with that. I think it'd be cool for these type of games if they had like some kind of role play server. Yeah. Like um, a role play it? server is actually a really good idea. Like No Man's Sky. Like now that it actually is multiplayer, <laughs> since they've they've kind of fixed everything they promised to fix. Yeah, it, it um, took them a while. I think it'd be cool if, A, they had full VR support, which they kind of have now, more or less. Yeah. And if they allowed for role-play servers, I'm not a big role-play guy, but if a game like that, that's very adventurous and very out there, had enough to it, I would 100% have fun playing along. You could go full Star Trek. and. Uh, Yes. <laughs> I would go next generation on everyone's ass. <laughs> uh, I, uh, in as reality, long as I get to be Riker. I'd probably become the leader of a space pirate group. Let's face it. That's, <laughs> that's probably what I'd do. <laughs> if I'm perfectly honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean. But I'd have fun with it. Uh, of course, as you should. <laughs> <laughs> no Man's Sky would be perfect for that. Yeah. I have. I I need to play that game again. I and give it another shot. Yeah, they've done a they put a lot of work into it, and yeah. I love the idea so much. I was so excited when they had that trailer at E three again. E three, yeah, R I P. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I was so excited. I was so let down when the game was so simplistic, and they they promised that other people would be in these worlds, and then they, you found out it was a lie. Oh, <laughs> you couldn't I, actually play with other people if even the, if you did find them. Yeah, the, the initial net message was that it's going to be so big that you'll never come across anybody, and then people start coming across people, but they couldn't do anything <laughs> with them. Right, yeah. I, I think the, they couldn't see them. It was just like a marker. <laughs> the thing that kills me even more about that is that game 
was uh, it was ambitious. Well, but it was ambitious, boy. but uh, not only boring, but people already like very quickly got to like the end of that game, which was like getting to the center of the universe. Yeah, and there was literally nothing. What an ending. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about context. Like you need that if for something that's as adventurous as that, you need lore. You need some kind of contextual reason to do what you're doing. Right. That this is that the end result is you're doing what you're doing for no reason. Let's do it again. Yeah, that, that's not that's not good. This is why story has become such a big thing in games lately is because people are looking for a reason, a hook yeah. to play these games. Um some games get it right, some fail miserably. Yeah. I mean, it's. I, I, we're not game programmers here. This shit's hard. It's challenging. It's hard. It's challenging and it to takes plan. Up a lot of space. It's, it's challenging to achieve. I know the guys at No Man's Sky, their studios got flooded at one point, and the only reason they didn't go bankrupt is because Sony came in and gave them some money to finish the job. And obviously, that meant they had to rush things, probably. You know, like, yeah. hey, we got to get our fucking equipment back up and running. And now we got to. Like, let's just focus on finishing it. We got to crunch and, and people, get us. People being, complain, we'll fix it. Yeah. So there was a lot going on that obviously belabored them quite a bit. Um, but according to all accounts, they have drastically improved the game and made it much more you know multiplayer friendly and adventure friendly and obviously vr is a great addition so maybe maybe if i find a vr headset cheap enough i'll hop back in maybe just for fun all right well i think that's a great place to end our topic of the show i want to thank you all for sticking with us through another episode of hit the books podcast i would also like to thank all of you for listening uh, give a shout out to anyone who is listening who knows or currently plays any of the games that we listed or mentioned. Uh, hey, if there's Pirates of the Caribbean players out there, let me know. <laughs> we'll, please. We'll go fuck some shit up. Please sound off in the comments. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't even know if it's going to be supported on Windows 10, but we'll find out. Uh, it, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> the servers are probably long gone. Oof. Yeah. It was a while. Or Tibia. Ooh. Hey, is Tibia still around? Let's find out. Yeah, you can find that out. Most likely, you'd probably just be checking out No Man's Sky and Sea of Thieves. But, yeah. Thank you once again for sticking with us through another mediocre edition of Hit the Books Podcast. Mediocre! God, it's been so long since I've said that. I know. <laughs> I think we forgot to do it last time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. <laughs> Forgetting our own scripts. Ooh. Um. But I want to thank you all very much so for uh, supporting, communicating. Thank you for I'm Just Saying Bro for uh, that comment and suggestion for the topic of the show. I want to thank you, Heather Reap, for being our number one producer uh, this week. Uh, thank you for your support on Patreon and for all the support you have given us in the past. Uh, hopefully... We keep the episodes up and make you proud. Uh, once again, reminder, we do have the comic book movie master list, starting with the oldest movie up to the most modern movie. 
coming up very soon so keep an eye out on the social medias on the facebook on the twitter we're not on instagram because it's tedious and i don't want to do it yeah uh it's a lot quite <laughs> frankly facebook and twitter are tedious enough but you know <laughs> i make the effort because at least people can communicate with us it's like that that's a whole nother layer that maybe one day we'll get to it yeah you can always find us on itunes stitcher podbean uh spotify uh, <laughs> YouTube. I, there's so many streaming services. We're on it's, most of them. Yeah. I'm, the only one we're not on for sure is SoundCloud, and that's just because it's tedious. You can't. There's not an easy way to put an RSS feed on it, so I don't do it. Yeah. Uh, also, th- th- leave that to the rappers. You know, nothing against them, but it's tedious, yeah. and I'm not going to do yeah. it. You guys can have it. Uh, Stitcher's on Android, so it's a great service. Podbean's on Android, great service. Why not? Remember, you can always reach out to us on Twitter at HTBVids. You can reach out to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash hit the books. You can email us at hit the books, vids, V I D S, at gmail.com. You can talk to us on our YouTube comments. If you comment on our uh, podcast stuff, you know, we'll see the reviews, but if you leave a bunch of comments and ask us questions on there, I'm probably not going to see it because mm-hmm. I don't check those comments for like a month. And, yeah. you know, by the time I check it, it's probably long gone. Yeah. YouTube uh, is the quickest way to. Uh you know yeah youtube correspond with us youtube twitter it's probably the easiest email try email but i'm really bad about checking the email if i'm honest <laughs> <laughs> uh so sorry if i missed your email uh, but feel free to reach out to us if you need to um did i forget any major stuff patreon obviously we're on yeah. patreon patreon.com forward slash hit the books if you so choose to donate and help us out there are some reward tiers if you want to take advantage of those it's really outdated because it's got the old year one aesthetic and everything and all the year one info yeah need to update it that's my fault my bad <laughs> um but you know full-time jobs and all that yeah but we'll get a lot it, we're doing we'll get it done but we do honor the rewards and we do keep up with those so feel free to take advantage of those if you so choose um thank you once again for sticking with us i really don't think there's anything else hopefully i didn't forget anything i think that's it bob wants to thank you I'm sure Emery thanks you, and I thank you. Do I thank them? Do you? Yeah, I do. That's kind of (laughs) you. Very thoughtful. All right. We will see you next week on episode 47 of Hit the Books Podcast. Goodbye. Au revoir. Chef's kiss. (laughs) 